I, I feel it's really important for us. I mean, I had a Mother's Day joke and everything all set. But I just really feel the Lord asking us just to go real deep, real fast. It's just kind of the nature of what God's doing in this particular hour. And I want you to think with me just for a moment. A um, hundred years ago, 70% of the population in Europe claimed to be Christian. Today, less than 1% of the population of Europe claims to be Christian. We need to understand something. There's a very secularized culture that I'm going to speak about, and I want you to get the context of what, that, what exists in that culture before I tell you this story, this testimony. But, you know, we've had a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to have interaction with England in different ministry avenues and connections and leaders, and it's just been uh, wonderful to enrich our lives personally, and there's this exchange that God has purposed, but there's some, something about these two nations being connected that I believe is significantly attached to what God's desiring to do in this next season of the church. And this morning, I just verified one more time just because it seemed outrageous, um, but I reached out to a friend of ours named Rick who leads a work there, um, part of Steve Upple's team, launched a very small ministry work uh, in an area there in the UK and something astonishing is starting to happen and over the last eight weeks now keep in mind the secularized culture that I'm talking about in the last eight weeks more than 140 people have made first-time decisions to follow the Lord Jesus Christ this is incredible come on let's do thank the Lord for that we're just calling that in the kingdom of God A good, good friend of ours here in the U.S. named Pastor Cody this last week shared with me that a Catholic priest in his community called him and said, can we get together for lunch? And they uh, met over lunch and the priest said, I've been listening to your sermons online and I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the pastor prayed for him, laid hands on him, and in that moment right there in that restaurant, this Catholic priest was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then uh, a few days later, uh, not connected to the conversations and interactions. A few days later, the Methodist pastor called this local pastor and said, could we get together? And he said the exact same words. I've been listening to your messages online, and I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Cody laid hands on that pastor, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment. Come on, I believe God's really wanting to do something in the church. As we were gathering into the room, and I was just kind of standing up out of the way, watching as everybody's coming in and making a connection and embracing each other, and I'm just realizing there's something more going on than just a social networking of believers who gather together to be encouraged. This is like God is wanting to release his kingdom in the earth. I'm, I'm reading in my turn the page right now in the book of Jeremiah, and this morning I just journaled as I'm looking at this and it's really discouraging at how secularized their culture had become, how far away from God they had deviated. And, and I, I wrote in the margin of my Bible, uh, God is always breaking into our disobedience with his word. 
because it constantly says to the book of Jeremiah, then the word of the Lord came, then the word of the Lord came, then the word of the Lord came. I'm declaring God's word is breaking into our nation's disobedience in Jesus' mighty name. I'm declaring God's word is breaking into the disobedience of the nations of the world in Jesus' mighty name, that there'll be more groups of 140 first-time believers and other pastors and leaders wanting more of what God has in store, that we might fulfill the call of God in our lives. And this past Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. prayer, it was just such an interesting moment as we were all in here just praying and I just came up and said uh, it hit me I realized the Bible actually says in the book of Acts and they were all together in one place when the the Holy Spirit came and this is Pentecost Sunday which is just a few weeks away now they were what all together in one place and then I realized you might notice the seats on the cards like the last Sunday of this month we're gonna have one big family celebration to celebrate we're all coming together in one place and guess what the next week is Pentecost Sunday when we're gonna be all together in one place come on we're just believing for God to do something unique significant remarkable whatever God desires to do Lord we invite you, let your word break into our nation's disobedience. And the only way we can effectively do that is if we invite your word to break into our own disobedience. Some of us, Lord, our hearts are actually far from you and we don't even know it. Lord, would you help us today have a greater clarity of what you're desiring for us to understand and comprehend, that we are carriers of the kingdom everywhere we go, where we walk, the steps that we take, the places that we drive, it's all part of your elaborate tapestry of intercession to release your kingdom everywhere we go. Help us to see that today. Help us to cooperate, Lord, with the voice of the Spirit of God that is being awakened within us as you are breaking in to every area of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. I think it's a, um, an interesting reality when we're looking at this concept and idea of algorithms and what the underlying contributors are to the conclusions that we have that produce the decisions that we make. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about that very thing. Conclusions produce decisions. And many times, we're asking for advice uh, as if that advice is going to help us make a decision. But actually, we've already come to a conclusion. And we're seeking not advice. We're seeking endorsement for the conclusion that we have that produces a decision we've already made that we just need to uh, kind of get it in, into place. There are things that are underlying contributors in every one of our lives. How many know? Uh, like... We think we're doing one thing because of, you know, a certain motive, but there's actually a deeper underlying current taking place in all of our lives. Only the Spirit of God can help us see what it is that I'm talking about. I'm talking about myself. Like only the Spirit of God can help me see what really are the underlying contributors that cause me to keep doing whatever it is that I'm doing that might not be in the right direction or keeps me from doing whatever it is I should be stepping into to really explore more of what the Lord desires. So this is the essence of algorithms and it's the understanding. Uh, in John chapter one, the Bible says, but as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God or the sons and daughters of God, even to them that believe on his name. God gave us power to become 
sons and daughters of, of God. There's this elaborately uh, perpetual and ultimately unstoppable process that exists within us. You are processing things that are coming into your mindset, into the fabric of your uh, perspective. You're processing those things, and that's why it's so important that we learn to guard our hearts. Guard your heart. How many of you know practice makes perfect? So be careful what you practice. Guard your heart. You're going to get better at whatever it is you're doing. We're all in the process of becoming a more exaggerated version of ourselves. Uh, we're all in the process of becoming better at whatever it is we're doing. If we're, if we're in the process of justifying wrong behavior, we'll get better at justifying it. If we're in the process of surrendering our heart in humility before the Lord, we'll find a deeper place of humility where God is awakening something on a deeper level within us if we'll allow him to take us there. So ultimately, this whole focus is, to, is this one statement. We are all in the process of becoming, and what we process is determining who we will become. So Lord, I pray that you would awaken things today within our hearts to understand this elaborate process, what you've called us to step into. We do speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we call forth a harvest of sons and daughters of God that will be awakened to the purposes of God. I pray, Lord, that we would have uh, a sense that there's more going on than uh, maybe what we typically understand is going on when we gather as the church, as you're introducing us to a season of stepping into a place of greater influence, greater anointing, and um, just a clearer understanding of what you're up to in our midst. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So glad you're here. Good to see you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, happy Mother's Day and welcome to our online Destiny family, Destiny Table New York. Um, I would encourage you, those of us on campus, um, we kind of rallied around Tracy and got our picture taken in the Mother's Day picture spot out there. So, uh, Take a, a, have a, create a memory and, and get a picture with your phone and, and tag us so that we can find those pictures, if you would, with um, either hashtag DestinyOKC or just with the, with the church site, um, Destiny Christian Center. Wow. I, I was thinking earlier, um, so many times we start to feel a sense of the anointing and then we just do what we know to do as a result of sensing that anointing, instead of really letting that anointing be the consulting uh, perspective. You know, the, the Bible says the anointing will teach you. But if you've got it all figured out and the anointing hits you and you just do what you always do, then you're really not paying attention to the teaching he's wanting to bring or the moment he's trying to create. And so that takes practice. How many know it takes practice? I, I, bet, I, I identify with Peter of all the disciples more than any other disciple. I don't know what, what disciple you identify with, but I'm the guy... I mean, you come mess with Jesus, I will chop your ear off, and, and he'll have to clean up that mess. I'm the one in the boat. If I see him, I am going to say, I want to do that. I want to get out on the water. I don't know that I would have the faith to step out like he did, but I mean, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm helium hand. When there's, does anybody have a question? I'm, you know, before I'm even thinking about what the question is, I'm raising my hand because I just like to talk it out. Um, some, some people like to think it through. How many of you prefer to think it through? Can I just see your hands? That's, that's more of the introverted disposition. I like to think it through. And then the extroverted disposition is I like 
to talk it out. And I like just to, to have a thought and then talk that out, have a conversation. And sometimes uh, what that does with me is I will maybe stand in a, a moment like this and just start, you know, bringing uh, an expression of phrases and, and ideas and, and not necessarily slow down and really pay attention to the deeper thing that God's desiring to do. And I'm going to try to get better at that. Uh, we're all on a journey just trying to find our way, aren't we? But there really should be more than an inspiring message in a church service. There should be an impartation by the Spirit of God. And if we're not walking in a place of impartation, then we're basically having religious behaviors on our own and not really engaging on the deeper things of the Spirit. And so um, that is the focus I want us to come at today. And this focus of uh, algorithms, uh, the mind of the Spirit. You, there is duplicity of the mind. And I pointed to the scripture um, last week in Romans chapter 8. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about several Bible verses and portions of scripture. You might want to just turn in your Bibles to John 12 if you have your real Bibles in hand. We're going to go there in just a few moments and give you a moment to find it. But it's interesting in Romans 8 that we pointed to last week. The Bible actually says those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Here, here's the defining verse for us. The mind of the flesh, the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Are you in the mind of the flesh or are you in the mind of the spirit? When we gather like this, are you in the mind of the spirit where you're sensing what God is revealing in the midst of what's taking place? Or are you just watching to see, is the speaker going to have a decent word today and judge them on their content and delivery and go out and move on down the road until we come back together again? You see, there's something so much deeper God is desiring for us to comprehend as the body of Christ is supernatural. Some people are sifted into such negativity, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Are you conquering negativity or is negativity conquering you? Some people are sifted into such negativity that they're in a constant state of complaint. In fact, they don't need any legitimate problem to actually hold their attitude hostage because they're just prone to complain at any given time. That is not the mind of the Spirit. And you need to repent for that. And you need to go to people that you've been negative to and you need to repent to them and say, God's at work in me and I'm sorry. I repent for stirring up strife and causing division and creating all these problems. And when you repent of that, God begins to heal and restore that. Don't just bury it and pretend it doesn't exist. Understand, it is the mind. I'm just being straight today. It is the mind of the flesh that would drive you to those types of dispositions, and it would be very destructive to the overall culture of your life. So we want to get past that. The mind of the flesh is death. This is producing death. You can be a Christian living in the mind of the flesh, producing death everywhere you go. No, no real life. But it says the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So what we're addressing today are these, the duplicity of the mindset. There's the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit, and both coexist within you. These, these are in a constant state of a wrestling match within you and your flesh is trying to draw you to one perspective but because you came to if you if you've accepted Jesus Christ then you are spiritually alive but that doesn't mean you're nice 
You're spiritually alive. You have to renew. I, I wish good manners had just come with the download of Jesus when I came to know the Lord, but it didn't. I had to I have to address those deeper issues. Some of those issues I address with the Lord. I want you to really listen to what I'm saying. Some of y'all are going to be liberated and set free if you'll just embrace this, this little sidebar moment that I'm sensing the Lord is having. Some of those issues uh, are dealt with as I focus in on my relationship with the Lord. Sometimes he's calling. And I'm responding whenever he's calling. And sometimes those issues that are dealt with in my heart when I get before the Lord. And then sometimes those issues are not dealt with unless I get with the people that I trust and can be transparent and vulnerable with. You do not understand the value and the need for community that exists in your life. But you need community more than you realize I'm going to say this multiple times. I want us to really get our hearts in the line here. You need community more than you realize. You need community more than you realize. God is Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're created in the image of community God. And without community, there are areas of your life that you will never conquer. Confess your faults one to another and pray for each other. Why? So you may be healed. There are people right now under the sound of my voice online in this room, and there are issues that exist in your life that are born from a brokenness that have yet to be healed because you have not been transparent with the people around you. I actually had somebody come talk to me this past week, and they said, I just needed to confess some things that I've never confessed to anybody before in my life. And there was something of God's kingdom that invaded the room as that moment of honesty, transparency, embarrassment, humility. God gives grace to the humble. Just so few of us are willing to humble ourselves. We want to act like we have it all together. I'm with the Lord. Just, just me and Jesus. We're good. I don't need no organized religion. Let me tell you something. You need the body of Christ more than you have any concept. You need the body of Christ. So the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. What we're talking about is the difference between Genesis 1, original Adam, and Genesis 3, fallen Adam. Genesis 1, original Adam, lived in this perspective of unbroken fellowship with God. It's a beautiful thought. And then Genesis 3, fallen Adam, experienced this hostile, unwilling to submit to God mindset that he needed to be delivered from. And God, then through the journey of time, tried to walk God's people in this fallen state of humanity and, and trying to redeem and restore them through a process of, of creating an awareness of the law, of judges, of kings, all of this progression through the Old Testament, and none of it would suffice man's need to be unbroken and redeemed and restored until Jesus Christ came to the earth. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the way. If the law could do it, your legalistic mindset would be good enough, but it ain't. 
You've got to understand this. Only Jesus can redeem and restore you. So in nakedness, he's crucified to a cross. In shame, he's publicly humiliated. And he dies, and every drop of blood from his body drains down and soaks into the cursed ground, reversing the curse that exists in the earth into a blessing. You and I were born from dirt, and that curse is broken and redeemed and restored into a blessing. But in his public expression of humiliation, he's calling you to the same. Where we die to ourselves and we admit we don't have it all together and we find a few people that we can really talk through, the challenges that exist within our lives. And if we do not do this, then there are issues that will exist within us that will never be dealt with and we will perpetuate that which is hostile against God and will never be healed, redeemed, and restored on the level. He wants us to be healed, redeemed, and restored. I said more than 140 people have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a small community and they're all coming to know Jesus and it's because the church is being awakened and you and I have the ability to stop up what God is doing but if we will but open our hearts and allow him to have his way in our lives we will release the anointing in brokenness and the world around us will begin to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ we must understand settling for less than God's best impacts more than just us Jesus came to redeem and restore and reverse the curse. Back to Genesis 1, where this unbroken fellowship with God is our way of life. Do you understand you can actually experience unbroken fellowship with God? I know in our minds we'll wrestle with that, right? How many of you will wrestle with that? Like, is that even possible? The Bible says, for, you know, as many as received him, we should walk as Jesus did, 1 John 2, 6. You and I are actually supposed to follow the example of Christ. Jesus didn't live a sinless, perfect life in unbroken fellowship with God because he was God. Jesus lived a sinless, unbroken fellowship with God life because he was led by the Spirit and showed us that even in fallen humanity around us and in the world in which we live in, we can be led by the Spirit. Take every thought captive. You don't have to settle for the bondages that you have been settling for maybe in your life, you can break free into the vicious cycle of blessing that comes from God to awaken you and people around you. It's profound. What well, our problem is we find ourselves slowly drifting away from God. Anybody do this? Say amen if you find yourself doing this. I mean, it's just so easy to slowly drift away. It reminds me of the, the man who's, you know, he's in his 40s, and he and his wife have been married for over 20 years, and he's driving down the road in his pickup truck, and his wife sitting in the passenger seat, and, she, and, and he's, you know, happy as a lark. Everything's going great, and she suddenly just perks up out of the blue, and she says, whatever happened to us? 20 years ago, when we first got married, it was like we would drive in the truck and you would have your arm around me and we were so in love. And he just kept staring forward and finally, he just put his arm up on the seat and he said, I'm still sitting in the same place. <laughs> wow. 
Slowly we drift into a state of disconnection because of a variety of perspectives and dispositions. And then we get mad at the Lord and we say, God, where are you? And he's like, I'm still in the same place. Why don't you come back over here? Let's go a little deeper. Let's begin to experience a little more of what I'm desiring for you to possess in your life. Little things happen, and if we're not careful, we let those things build perspectives and conclusions that cause us to slowly drift away from this intimate relationship and interaction with the Lord our God. He desires so much more. God is always right there. The nearness of God is always there. It's our awareness of the nearness of God that we have to work on. That's why it's so important that you're in the Word. This is not a religious behavior that we're trying to convince you to do. Like, you really need to encounter God on a regular, ongoing, consistent, tenacious basis. It unlocks something within you. So as you're spending time with him and you're, you're, you're just going deeper in relationship with him, something begins to be unlocked within you and you start to walk in a greater awareness of God. Prayer and, and conversation with the Lord. I mean, when you're going to bed, you should, be, you should have his name on your lips. Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you that when I lie down, my sleep will be sweet. Many times I'll just reach over and grab Tracy by the hand and say, Lord, just help her want to kiss me more. and Help her, you know, and just, pray, just praying for each other in the way we walk this thing out. I mean, whatever that looks like in all our lives, um, you know, we've got to learn to pay attention and awaken that conversation. And, and when you wake up in the morning, your eyes awaken and it's like, uh, you know, good morning, Lord. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not a morning person, God. I'll talk to you a little more later if that's you, okay? But you're at least initiating a conversation. And when you get into a place of prayer, you're just, this is just your way of life through the course of the day. You just, these little, you know, snippet prayers. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Father, thank you that you're with me. I mean, just here and there you're just interacting a conversation with God as if he's really there because he's really there isn't it crazy to think that we would actually have a conversation with somebody who's really there as if he's really there because he's really there where is your faith where's your comprehension and understanding of a disposition of faith where God is with us he's right now here Listen, he's not just trying to whisper into your ear like an external voice. I know God can do it. He can use a donkey. Some would argue he's doing that right now as I'm speaking. But there could be that God doesn't usually use a voice from the side having a conversation on the outside. God actually awakens the voice within you. And that which is being awakened within you becomes the conversation of God. You understand, this is just the place where my interaction with God is simply what's coming out of me. And every decision is simply a discussion that I'm constantly having with God because that becomes my way of life. When we're having a conversation, it's not just you and me. He's got a voice, and I'm listening for his voice in everything that you say, and I'm learning to walk in this in a greater depth. I'm hungry to walk in a deeper place of knowing the Lord my God. How about you? Sons and daughters of God, you're in the process of becoming. It's a lifestyle of conversational relationship with God. John chapter 12, verses 49 and 50. Jesus said, Think about it. This is Jesus. I have not spoken 
on my own. Something of the voice of the Father is being awakened within him. And the origin of his interaction is not from his human nature. And it's not because he's God. It's because he's in fellowship with the Father in this unbroken communion with God posture of life where you and I are designed to live. Jesus didn't come to tease us with a lifestyle that you and I could never live. We are supposed to live that kind of lifestyle. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I want to live there. I want to dwell there. I want to experience this. I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. I mean, this is deep. Verse 50, and I know that this command leads to eternal life. So I speak exactly what the Father has told me to say. Jesus didn't speak from his own initiative. He demonstrated how sons and daughters of God who live in the earth actually are supposed to carry the Father's perspective, the Father's eternal perspective in everything that we're saying, in all that we're doing in our absolute way of life. There is power, power, power. I'm telling you, we're coming to the day of Pentecost where we're gonna celebrate that power, but we don't have to wait till that day to embrace that power. Why don't you embrace the power, power, power of the Holy Spirit? God wants to explode within you as your way of life. This is the place where my desires begin to be defined by God's desires. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will what? Give you the desires of your heart. We have so adulterated that, vo- that verse that we've made it mean if we delight in him, we get the stuff we want. But what it's actually saying is if you delight in him, He'll give you the very desires that you'll begin to desire, the things he wants. Like it's deeper than the stuff you want. It's the very desires that lead to you wanting anything in the first place. And he wants you to want him. He wants you to desire him. And when you learn to delight in him, the desires of God begin to be shaped and awakened and come to alive within you. I don't know if you've ever watched Chosen, the Chosen uh, it's just great, you know, progression of the stories of Christ and brings so much to life. And, and it's so, so funny because there'll be a moment like the, the, the people will be like going to kill Jesus and, and he just kind of looks at his disciples and does just this funny look on his face. It's like his response doesn't seem to match the moment at hand. Have you ever noticed this about Jesus? It made me think about uh, one time we were on this mission trip in Mexico and, and we're sharing the gospel on the street and, and, and some really big guy comes running up to me on the street and he's screaming in Spanish. And, and I don't know a lot of Spanish, but I do know the bad words and I heard some of those in what he was screaming. And so I was thinking he probably wasn't saying, thank you for coming to share Jesus with us. And he's all towering over me, screaming and yelling. And, and there's a translator, an interpreter that's there with me. And I look at him and, and he's kind of watching the guy, and the guy finishes screaming, a little bit of spit on my face as a result, like he's right in my face. And, and I said, well, what did he say? And the guy just said, 
he says he's going to kill you. <laughs> I was just like, that reaction does not match this conversation. <laughs> but it reminds me of that in terms of the moment at hand doesn't always demand the reaction you can provide. God actually has a response to every situation that might not match the moment because his response can change the moment into something else. So there's this idea of the regenerated heart where we explore, experience, and express the very desires of God. And so I want us to see it. The idea of the regenerated heart means our deepest desires are actually God's desires. Now, what you need to understand is that traditional religion tries to restrain desire. You need to think about this for a moment to get what I think the Lord's wanting us to get. Religion works to restrain desire. But what we see is that God's actually asking us to dig deeper, to discover our deepest desires that don't come from these surface pursuits, but we actually delight in the Lord, we go deeper, and he begins to awaken the deeper desires for which we were born. God created you. Before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. Do you understand? You actually, what that means is before you were ever seated in the womb, God knew you, you existed. That means you existed before you actually existed because you're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. And since you existed before you existed and Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world, then you were actually fixed before you were broken because you existed before you existed and Jesus paid the price before you ever came. So you were fixed before you were broken. If you'll receive what Jesus has done, it'll transform everything about your existence in the world in which you live right now. It's mind-blowing. Religion tries to restrain desire and just focuses in on the behavior at hand. Don't do the bad stuff. Try to do the good stuff. Stop doing the bad stuff. Try to do the good stuff. It's behavior modification. And God is saying, I want you to go deeper than that. Stop letting the bad stuff hold your attention hostage. I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try not. No, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus in that moment of temptation because he is a God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. Just because there seems to be no way doesn't mean he's not made a way. There seems to be no way. And the Bible actually says with every temptation, God will provide a way of escape. I'm speaking right now to some of you that are going to conquer temptation this last, uh, that this next week that you gave into this past week. Will you receive this today? In that moment of temptation, he will provide a way of escape as you lift your hands and embrace a deeper pursuit of God in that moment in time. Ezekiel chapter 36. I thought this week, man, this message is really not going to be that fired up, is it? It's just like, I, I just think God's just in the mood to awaken us up. 
You know, I, I, I just want more. Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 29. I want you to receive this in these moments of the public reading of Scripture as we evaluate the power that's discovered in the public reading of Scripture even. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Let me just ask, how many of you in this room, if you're online, maybe you just post it in the comment field, but how many of you would say, I blew it this last week, I need the Lord to cleanse me. Just hold up your hand real high, let's just let's be honest. I mean, that's a good number of us, just, Lord, we need you to do work. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. We're talking about that conversational interaction with God as a way of life. I want to say it again. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. In moments of temptation, my spirit within you will move you to walk in a deeper place of obedience because you're awakened to the deeper desires of God. And be careful to keep my laws. Verse 28. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God and I will save you from all your uncleanness. Controlling wrong passions is not the issue. Discovering the correct passions, that's what will transform your life. It's throughout the scripture, Galatians chapter 5. So I say then, live by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What did it say? Try not to be bad, and you can be good. No, that's not what it says. Live by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a deeper desire that exists down deep within you. Beneath these surface level expressions that create all these reactions, there's actually a deeper level response that's born from your conversational relationship with the Father. So I say live by the Spirit. That's Galatians 5.16. So I say live by the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I love where Jesus says in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. What that means is if you're fainting, you're not praying. And if you're, fainting, if you're praying, you're not fainting. Men not always to pray and not to faint. So you and I were born to walk in this place of fellowship with God where supernatural eternal strength is awakened within our lives and we walk around as sons and daughters of God actually releasing God's kingdom and power and anointing everywhere we go and it's that anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage not only within us but within the lives of those around us. We have the capacity. I'm calling forth more than 140 first-time salvation believers. I'm calling forth all of our sons and daughters of God. I'm declaring to the north, the south, the east, and the west, the hardest of hearts that actually would be like stone is being translated into a heart of flesh. And the Bible says in the last day, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And God is stirring hearts to be prepared for an awakening that he's bringing in this hour. 
of the world and not just the church. Deeper stuff, isn't it? How many of you know, and you need to just think about this, deeper treasures have a greater price. There's a price to be paid to go to the deeper places of God. It doesn't come casual. If it, if it, had, if it just came casual, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on a cross. His sacrifice is not the only sacrifice we should be talking about. There are sacrifices we need to explore and understand. Our own pursuit of God, sacrificially. Getting into the Word, not because it's convenient, not just listening to the Bible, you know, on the fly and on the run, and that's great to do that. I'm not against that, but don't let that be the only time you're digging into the Word. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Make sure you're making room, making time to sit down. I highly suggest you just explore this. Recently, something crazy has been happening in my life. Worship team can go ahead and come uh, up if you would, please. Um, but, but I just, in my morning time, my devotion, I, I get up and I, I go through my little routine of preparation, coffee, everything's ready to go, and I sit down, I open my Bible to the next turn the page moment for me, and in that moment of the uh, turn the page, instead of immediately just reading and trying to capture, you know, out of what I'm reading, I actually sit and listen, and I haven't ever done that before. Like, my devotion is just like, get right to reading Scripture, but like, I really want to sit with God. You know, I say it often, don't just read the book, sit with the author. Like, take the time to sit with the author, and then I write something in the margin that I'm sensing is from the Lord. It's been really funny, because lately what's been going on is I'll just sense a little something, and then I'll immediately go to write, and I'll feel like the Lord is saying, I'm not finished yet. I mean, you know, we're just quick to rush. So many times, so many things are not accomplished in our prayer closet because we run out of them before he's finished doing what he's desiring to do to equip and prepare us for the day ahead and prepare the day for us to come into it. And he's teaching me this. And so I, instead of just quickly writing a phrase, I just listened more completely. I, I try not to finish a sentence. I just listen. And then I'll write everything out that I finally, you know, think about. And it takes time to do this. It's going to be a sacrifice, but deeper treasures require something of digging. And, and just take the time, you write it, and then, then read. You know what's been crazy is so many times what I've written is what I'm about to read. And it redefines what I'm about to read. We're toying with the idea right now of community groups. Uh, the whole concept of, okay, so we've preached and we've talked out of Ezekiel would be the core verses and the groups that we'll meet this week now will come together and they'll talk about what they're sensing God is saying out of those verses. We're toying with the idea of how to make this work where we actually will provide you the core text the week in advance so that you, the church, are hearing the voice of God before you're hearing somebody teach you about it because you don't need a man to teach you, you need the anointing to teach you and I want to awaken the prophetic company of the Lord that exists within this house. We're just trying to figure out what God is up to in this moment. And whatever that looks like, we're in. Sacrificially praying. Like, really think through some of the things you're wanting to pray for. I just can't even tell you as a pastor for years. I'm praying for that. I'm praying for that. No, I was not. I had no strategy. I rarely spoke any words over it. I just spoke of it as if it was something I was praying about. And the Lord just challenged me on it. Like, I want to pray into some really specific strategic things. I want to get with the Lord and listen. And I love it when he releases strategic prophecies. Don't you? 
Like words come, strategic prophecies. But God releases strategic prophecies so we can develop prophetic strategies and begin to walk those prophecies out. What is it you're supposed to be praying for? Maybe this morning the north, south, east, and west has awakened something within you. How are you going to walk that out with whatever God's desiring to do? got to pay attention to this. Reading, praying, seeking God, giving. I, I just, we, we don't really give a lot of discussion on this topic of giving, but it is God's will that you worship with your giving. It is not God's will that you check this box just to get it done and, you know, get it moving and then be done with it just so it's, it's out of the way. No, this is supposed to be worship. The Lord says every time you increase, you bring a tithe before him to the storehouse where you're spiritually fed and you do it as an act of worship. And I invite you, you can text the number, you know, how to give, go to our app, go online, all those avenues, but do that from the heart and include your family in the way you're doing this. My kids give. And it's not because, uh, I mean, they do live with the pastor, but uh, but but they, they've learned over the course of time because when they were very little, this was a priority that we included them on, that they understand what that looks like. The deeper treasures are there if we'll just pursue them sacrificially, praying, reading, gathering, coming together, sacrificially gathering as we worship, giving, loving, serving. I want to ask you to dig deeper this week in a sacrificial pursuit of the deeper desires of God. That's your action point. Would you stand? Have you heard the Lord today? That's, that's the biggest question I have. Have you heard God? Have you heard the Lord? Because I want to ask you this week, dig deeper. We bring God's presence to real life. Dig deeper in a sacrificial pursuit of these deeper desires of God. I don't know how you came to know the Lord, but it was really supernatural for me. Like everything in me shifted. I think it's beautiful when, you know, both of our girls came to know the Lord Jesus at a very young age. I had the privilege of leading faith to the Lord one night while we're worshiping as they were going to bed when she was very little. And then Lexi got saved in the second grade here in our Christian school when the teacher said, Hey, kids, we're learning and, and it's a place of education, but the most important thing I could ever teach you is that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In that moment, Lexi, something prompted in her heart, and she responded to the Lord, and she came home beaming. She had given her life to Jesus. It was really wonderful. I think it's great when our children come to know the Lord. For me, uh, you know, I, it was a later decision that really took hold in my life, and I had all these dark desires that existed within me, and I experienced a supernatural shift that came from God, and it was transformational. God wants us to explore that and recognize His Word is trying to break in. God's Word is trying to break into some of our disobedience right now. We're going to just press in for a few moments of worship. But before we move from this moment, I just want to ask you to reflect and consider in your own heart. God's word is trying to break in to areas of disobedience, whether that is giving, whether that's in your private life that nobody knows about, decisions that are being made, patterns that you've established. 
God's word is trying to break into our disobedience. If you're in the Genesis 3 Adam disposition in the fallen state of humanity and need to be replenished and restored and redeemed by Jesus Christ who came that we might have life restore you to Genesis 1 where you can begin to experience and explore unbroken fellowship with God he wants to take you there Lord I just thank you that you really are doing a deeper work in every single one of us Father I just ask you to forgive me where so often in times past I've stood in this moment, in this place, giving in to the pressure that I feel to say just the right thing and keep things moving and make sure the plates are spinning. Lord, I just repent for that. And I say the only thing that matters in these moments together is that we're paying attention to you. So may your word break into places and areas of disobedience in our lives. Take us into the deeper reality of our risen King Jesus that wants to awaken that nature within us, the mind of the spirit taking control over the mind of the flesh as we explore and experience the deeper desires of God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if the Lord is... If he is using his word to break into an area of disobedience in your life, just lift both your hands and surrender. You just sense it. His word is breaking into areas of disobedience in our lives. And Father, we surrender those areas to you. And we ask you to help us, Lord, to know how to respond to the conversation you're initiating with us right now in this moment. Perhaps it's in this moment of worship we respond by getting on our knees. Perhaps it's in this moment of of today where we respond by reaching out to somebody we trust to begin to share with them some of the struggles that are going on in our lives. Whatever it looks like, awaken that within us, Lord, I pray. Seal that in our hearts as we just take a few moments to worship into this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When the Bible says, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, but he's risen from the grave. He came to redeem our lives. We need to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to initiate salvation and then walk with him all the days of our lives as we learn the Lordship of Christ as our way of life. If you agree with that, would you say amen and let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We recognize the Lord. We recognize Him. We press into you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's take just a few moments before we're dismissed and just press in and worship to the Lord.